KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Good morning. I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Thursday, July 28th. Appointments to receive the monkeypox vaccine in San Diego are all booked up. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. If you're planning to head north on State Route 125 toll road this weekend, you'll need to plan for some detours. In Chula Vista, the northbound 125 will be closed from East 8th Street to State Route 54, including the 8th Street and San Miguel Ranch Road on-ramps. Also closed will be the northbound 125 connector to eastbound and westbound State Route 54. The road is being closed so new toll equipment can be installed. The closures will take place starting tomorrow at 8 p.m. through Monday at 6 a.m. The Chula Vista Police Department's drone program is at the center of a debate over privacy versus public safety. Now the city's Technology and Privacy Advisory Task Force wants to hear from the community regarding whether the city has enough privacy protections in place. Two meetings are being held this week and Chula Vista residents are encouraged to attend. The second meeting is tonight from 6 to 7.30 p.m. at the Old Tie Ranch Branch Library. The first meeting was held Wednesday. More than 200 migrants were detained near Imperial Beach during the past week for allegedly attempting to enter the United States illegally. Border Patrol agents encountered 123 migrants on Saturday, which officials say was the largest migrant group encountered locally since November. On Tuesday, 101 more migrants were found inside a drainage tube at the international boundary. The Border Patrol said smugglers used a blowtorch to cut through bars in the tube, which allowed the migrants to cross through. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. Hours after announcing plans for monkeypox vaccination clinics later this week, San Diego County ran out of appointments. iNewsource reporter Danielle Dawson covers the difficulties facing the county as the virus continues to spread. On Monday, San Diego County Health and Human Services announced the allocation of 800 doses of the smallpox vaccine, Genios, for its second monkeypox vaccination effort since cases were first identified back in June. All appointments were claimed as of Tuesday morning. Though the county prioritized specific risk factors for appointment scheduling, public health experts and advocates are frustrated over the outbreak's connection with sexual and gender identity, since it has a capacity to infect anyone. As Chief of Infectious Diseases at UC San Diego, Dr. David Smith explains, the outbreak has more to do with global waning immunity for smallpox viruses. I was not vaccinated for smallpox, but people who are older than me were vaccinated, so that a global decrease in that immunity has allowed monkeypox to be spread from person to person. A county spokesperson said that there are currently no plans to host another vaccination event. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource reporter Danielle Dawson. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. Turning a life-changing moment into a learning experience. 
Yesterday, a San Diego man met the rescuers who helped save his life. KPBS reporter Matt Hoffman has the story. What city is your emergency? San Diego. Please come. I think my husband's having a heart attack. It's a phone call no one wants to make, but one that North Park resident Annette Klein knew she had to. Last December, her husband Steve suddenly went into cardiac arrest and stopped breathing. The 911 dispatcher helped calm Annette's nerves. He told her it was time to start chest compressions, something that Annette had never done before. Good. Keep that rate up and keep counting out loud. Minutes later, San Diego fire rescue crews and Falk paramedics arrived and took Steve to the hospital. He was put into a medically induced coma and woke up a few days later. On Wednesday, he and Annette met their rescuers, including dispatcher Chris Cook, who they credit with helping save Steve's life. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. Thank you very much. Of course. <laughs> Somebody who had never in her life taken a CPR class or tried CPR or whatever, you walked her right through it and, uh, you know, saved my life, saved my brain. Steve and Annette are writing a book about their ordeal titled Then December 4th I Died. Part of it includes a call to action for people to learn how to perform CPR. Matt Hoffman, KPBS News. You see, San Diego students have a lot at stake in the housing crisis. There's an acute shortage of homes both on and off campus. But some see an opportunity in University City, just east of UCSD. The city planning department is preparing to update that neighborhood zoning to allow for more density. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen says many students have a lot to say about those plans, but are frustrated with a system that seems designed to exclude them. Yeah, the ease of access is really good. Andrew Parlier shows me around UCSD's newest housing development for grad students, just across the I-5 freeway from the main campus. The PhD candidate in applied ocean science has lived here since 2019. It's really easy to get to campus and to get to food and things like that as well. And with the new trolley line opening, which has been wonderful, the blue line's been amazing to be able to get downtown. Student housing is in high demand, and the wait list keeps getting longer. And off-campus housing isn't any easier. Parlier says more students are being forced into longer and longer commutes to find housing they can afford. That's why he wants the city planning department to zone for as much high-density housing in University City as possible. We need to find ways to be friendly with the climate and to reduce our emissions at the same time. High-density housing, public transit, alternative transit modes achieve that. Parlier is the lone student representative on the University Community Planning Group, a volunteer body where the planning department does most of its outreach. He says the group and attendance at its meetings is dominated by homeowners, like Linda Beresford, who had this to say at a meeting in March. Allowing transient UCSD students to have as much say as people who have invested here is not a true representation of resident desires. I think it's important for students to be able to have a say in it. We're not transient. Leanna Cortez is a junior at UCSD who's been organizing her classmates to get more engaged in the zoning debate. She says the stakes for students dealing with the housing shortage are high. A national survey recently found 17% of college students have been homeless in the past year, and almost half of them face housing insecurity. We're talking about people surfing people's couches, 
Um, they might secure housing for three months, but where are they going to go after that? These are problems that students have to face while you know, having all their studies and all their extracurriculars, and they shouldn't have to do that. Cortez says it's hard work trying to get students more involved in the planning process, and there are structural barriers to participation. Students who live on campus aren't allowed to vote in planning group elections, and she says she's never seen the planning group do anything on campus. There's just not enough outreach to begin with for people to even know that they can get engaged. And when people are interested and they want to join these spaces, they're faced with that negativity. But students have a, have a critical viewpoint and a role to play in the process. Andy Weiss sits on the University Community Planning Group and runs the meetings focused on how much new housing should be allowed. He says he does his best to promote civility and active listening in meetings. And, he says, the folks who don't want students around will have to get used to them. Many students stick around after graduation, and even when they don't... People like them will be here. Uh, we know that, and more of them will be here, and their views represent what we can imagine to be the, the concerns of, of their peers to come. Still, Weiss doesn't always agree with students. For example, he opposed a proposal to allow medium-density townhomes in parts of South University City, where the current zoning allows only low-density detached homes. He fears that will displace existing residents. So, to the extent that 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 proposal looked like a displacement proposal, I think it was uh, ill-considered. Cortez says South University City is a wealthy area, and homeowners there are not at risk of displacement. It's not like we're tearing people's houses down, right? We're just trying to make sure that there's enough space for everyone to live here. The city expects to have a draft of the new University City Community Plan sometime next year. Andrew Bowen, KPBS News. Coming up, a meeting to discuss the Friendship Park border wall plans. We'll have that story and more after the break. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. For years, Friendship Park was a place for families to reunite with loved ones separated by the border. But those reunions haven't happened in over two years, and the wait could be even longer due to border wall construction. KPBS reporter Tanya Thorne says park advocates met with the Border Patrol yesterday to try to get some answers. 
Customs and Border Protection says construction will begin in September on new 30-foot walls inside of the park. John Fanisil with Friends of Friendship Park says it's unclear how those walls will include access for families separated by the border to reunite at the park. He thinks local stakeholders should be included in the conversation. This is the kind of consultation that was supposed to happen, by the way, during this recent uh, freeze on construction projects. In a statement, Customs and Border Protection says there will be a pedestrian gate and that the agency will identify opportunities to provide the public with access once it is operationally safe to do so. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Ground was broken Wednesday on a major project on the Chula Vista Bayfront. KPBS reporter Jacob Baer says it's expected to bring jobs and tourism into San Diego's South Bay. The Gaylord Pacific Resort and Convention Center is the cornerstone project of the 535-acre Chula Vista Bayfront. The project is expected to have a large economic impact on the South Bay and San Diego region, with hopes of attracting visitors from throughout California and beyond says Port of San Diego Commissioner and more. Well, once it's done, it's supposed to create at least 4,000 permanent jobs, and it's going to put about a billion dollars of money into the regional economy. The hotel is currently projected to open in 2025. The first phase of construction will include the resort hotel and convention center, a new park and roads, a parking structure, and supporting public infrastructure. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. Maya Gabera is a two-time Guinness World Record holder for big wave surfing and seven-time World Surf League Big Wave Award winner. But since 2020, she's also been working on another title, author. Her latest children's book, Maya and the Beast, is a beautifully illustrated story of empowerment and conquering fear. Maya Gabera joined KPBS's Jade Heidman to talk about her journey as a surfer and writer. So what inspired you to become a writer? Oh, my God. Um, that's a long answer. I mean, the idea of the book itself came uh, during the pandemic <laughs> when I was um, just with my dogs walking in the forest for way too many hours a day uh, because we couldn't do anything. We couldn't surf here for a while. We couldn't travel. So I had the idea of doing a bunch of things and a children's book was one of them. And I started working on it, not realizing how much more difficult <laughs> it was than, you know, just the idea itself. But um, it's been a, a wonderful experience. Um, it took uh, two years. So it's uh, exciting to have it out there. I mean, you know, Maya and the Beast follows a young asthmatic girl who dreams of surfing big waves. What life experiences as a surfer did you pull from to write her story? I think all of them. I think that's the challenge uh, of writing for kids. And that's what I had to really um, understand, you know, how to put all the emotions that, that I had in my life and the lessons in a simplified version to be able to connect with children. I mean, in 2020, you rode the biggest wave surfed by anyone, a first for women in professional surfing. Why is this such a passion for you? Oh, I love big wave surfing. Um, I love surfing uh, as a sport. I just, I fell in love with it when I was around 13 and I never looked back. It's it, being in the ocean and riding waves. And um, for me, it's just, it's my passion in life. And big waves is just the, 
that was an extra challenge there for me. I think maybe because it wasn't like completely natural. I had asthma and I was, I didn't grow up in the ocean from little. So I, I was very intimidated by big waves. So there was a, a whole thing there that I wanted to like challenge myself towards that direction. And, and that's how I uh, pursued professional surfing. So I went to that niche um, that I like very much the intensity, the, the, the energy of those big waves and training for them. It's, yeah, it's a, it's a good life. Mm. And, and speaking of challenges, what challenges do you face as a woman breaking records in a male dominated sport? Oh, many. <laughs> uh, over the years, I think the challenges always keep changing. Um, but I think in the sport and the water, it's about like, not having the same physical sometimes abilities and then having to compensate. And in life, it's about learning how to, to deal with men and work with men. I think that that is, has been one of the big lessons of my career, you know, how to collaborate in a very male uh, environment and make it work. Um, and, and that has been a big lesson. But it's full of challenges. It's full of um, having to break barriers and having to be the first and having to um, establish certain things that aren't established yet. So it's a, it's a fight on the way. Um, the record itself was a fight. It was the first, first time a woman uh, had a, a world record in the Guinness Book in big wave surfing. So it was a change that had to be made. You know, both writing and surfing really take an enormous amount of focus. So what do you find more challenging of the two and why? You know, it's funny, even though, I mean, I'm not a writer. I, I wrote those, those books from my experience and something that I wanted to share, right? I don't see myself as like a writer. I'm a surfer. And I think that maybe that um, brings a lot of uh, expectations from me. So I always think surfing is, is harder because I expect, you know, to be at the highest level. And that demands uh, an enormous amount of dedication and... Um, so I'll always stick to surfing. Also, you know, surfing, you know, I can die. <laughs> so at least writing, I'm like safe. You wrote Maya and the Beast for a young audience. Um, what do you hope they take away from this story? I hope they can relate, first of all, if they have asthma or if they're afraid or if they feel, you know, a, a, outside of, of the mold of what they want to do, but they still want to do that. Um, I think they, I, I hope they, they can see themselves there and then they can, through the story, build courage to, to keep going and keep finding themselves and keep believing in themselves until the end. And, and there's never an end. <laughs> so I hope they, they, they understand that, that they just got to have courage and go for what they really want. That was Guinness World Record holder for big wave surfing and author Maya Cabrera. Speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host, Jade Hyman. Maya will be in San Diego next week for a Warwick's book event at the La Jolla Ryford Library. That's next Friday, August 5th at 4.30 p.m. You can find more information about that event. It's on our website, kpbs.org. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great day.
KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a journey through computation, data analysis, and real-world applications. Learn more about the online Master of Data Science program from UC San Diego at omds.ucsd.edu.